Welcome to Strategy Simplified. In today's case, we're working with Edward Collinson, an undergrad junior at Cal Poly. As there are no exhibits in this case, you can follow along fully and drill alongside Edward during the session. I hope you enjoy the simulation. Edward, why don't you take just a second or two here up front and tell everybody a little bit about yourself and where you're at in your career journey. Yeah, hi everyone. Um, my name is Ed or Edward. Um, I am a third year in college right now at California Polytechnic State University of San Luis Obispo or Cal Poly for anyone who's from California. Uh, I'm concentrating in information systems with my major being business. And I am basically beginning the early preparation for um, a full-time career in management consulting. And and that means undergrad for those yes. that weren't that weren't clear in an American context. So you MBAs who are uh, practicing now, you know, know that you're not the only ones, right? So there's a there's um, other lots of other recruiting cycles still to come in the spring. And so Edward, glad to have you here with us today. Thanks for volunteering to do this, and looking forward to diving into the case here with you. Um, any other, any questions from your end before we get started? No, I'm, I'm excited, uh, a little nervous, but Hey, and that's always the case. So looking forward to, um, to this case interview. Absolutely. Seems reasonable enough. <laughs> All right, Edward. Well, thanks for letting me hear a little bit more about you and your background. I'd like to transition to the case portion of our time today. I have some background information about your clients. Are you ready for that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so your client today is Energy Pop. They're a US-based energy drink company. They manufacture and sell various sugary energy drink products. They've established market leadership in energy drinks across the US and Europe, and they've successfully entered various emerging growth markets, such as Mexico, Brazil, and India. At this moment in time, Energy Pop is interested in expanding into Africa, and they believe that Nigeria would be a great market to enter. Before doing so, they've hired our team to provide a go or no-go recommendation on this opportunity. What are the factors you think Energy Pop should consider when deciding to enter Nigeria? Wonderful. So just to clarify, um, our client is Energy Pop which is a U.S. Um, fizzy drink, sugary, um, energy drink production company. Uh, they're a market leader in the U.S. and in Europe. And they're also jumping into various growth markets such as Mexico and India. And they're basically interested in exploring um, Africa as a, as a market, and more specifically Nigeria. And they've asked us to decide whether or not they should do this. Yep. Wonderful. And I'm just wondering, um, do they have a goal in terms of a desired profitability or a time frame that they want to achieve that in maybe? The only thing we know so far is that they want to be, they want to achieve positive NPV. Okay. Positive MVP. Okay. Um, with that being said, do you mind if I take a minute or two just to organize my thoughts? Sounds great. Thank you. We'll be right back after this quick break. Are you an MBA candidate preparing for consulting interviews? Then join the December cohort of Black Belt. Black Belt is the world's best and most comprehensive consulting prep program. 
giving you eight or more one-on-one coaching sessions with an ex-McKinsey, Bain, or BCG coach, access to the entirety of our online resources, including nine video courses, 500 plus case studies, 11 industry primers, and so much more. In addition, when you join Black Belt, you get invited to three exclusive group trainings in December, exclusive to you and exclusive to MBAs. It's all part of the package to getting you interview ready quick. Buy Black Belt today and book your first coaching session tomorrow. The link is in the show notes. Okay, so just a few things um, that I was considering uh, in terms of before we maybe dive into any specific numbers. Uh, First of all, I'd love to know if you have any... uh, information on competitors that are already established in this market in Nigeria? Um, We do know that there is only one small local provider. No other major competitors have entered Nigeria. Okay. And um, and that leads me then to wonder, is this because maybe the market isn't as receptive to these um, energy drinks? Or is this just because maybe it's this kind of hidden gem that no one has decided to expand into yet. Um, and obviously we can we can go into that more later and maybe uh, figure out that for sure. Um, I'm also wondering in terms of if we go ahead and decide to, to go and do this, are we going to be shipping our products to Nigeria? Are we going to be building factories there? So I'm wondering what I'm trying to get at there is, is the cost behind this, right? Is this going to be an expensive move into this market? Or is this something that we can you know, test out with a few products, um, ship them over there and, and, and gain a sense of, of how receptive people would be. Um, and, and also just going with that, I'm wondering, um, you know, there's some, somewhere we can maybe use some numbers to, to figure out the projected number of units sold or revenue, uh, just to kind of figure out the profitability of this, um, I guess venture wouldn't be the right word, but of this move to a new market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are some great questions to have. I anticipate that that will be part of our thinking on this project to help the client figure that out. Yeah, wonderful. Those are some of the main factors I was considering. Um, happy to to maybe dive into any, um, maybe just in terms of, of the small competitor. I'm not sure if we have any information on how many units they're selling or what their costs are, um, maybe if they're profitable, um, just, to, just to figure out if there's a reason that no one else has, has jumped into this uh, location. Hmm. Um, we we don't know anything more than the fact that there is just one relatively small local provider. Okay. Do we have any um, information on potential costs for this move? I don't. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead too much there. Um, At this point in time, we have not projected out any cost opportunities. No. Okay. Have we done anything uh, similar to this in the past by chance? Um, Energy pop, I we don't, it doesn't seem that we've done any, we, we've certainly moved into other emerging and growth markets before. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so in that sense, we've, um, we've moved outside of our comfort zone of the US yes. and Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that then um, makes me wonder, is uh, Nigeria, are we considering this a growth market or is this more of just um, an unknown that we're kind of diving into the deep end? In general, we are considering this an emerging growth market. Okay, interesting. Should 
Should we maybe um, go ahead and figure out the um, the potential number of units that we could sell here, and then from that we can maybe try and derive some cost and see if this would be profitable? Would you agree with that? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So wonderful. From from a you know on that note, um, from a conceptual standpoint, how would you go about? sizing the market potential for energy pop in Nigeria? Yeah. So in Nigeria, obviously, first of all, um, I would have to either know or guess the uh, population of Nigeria. And then from there, I, what I would like to do would segment it into, you know, what percentage of people maybe consume energy drinks three to four times a week or three to five times a week? How many people maybe don't consume it as much? You know, you're your average um, adult maybe has one or two uh, a week, and then segment it out into into the proportions of people who consume it from not at all to one or two a day, and then from there apply that to the population, and then we can get a rough estimate of of how many um, energy pops are consumed in um, in Nigeria. Okay. Okay. So, so with that being said, you'll, you'll have to forgive me. I don't know my populations of Africa very well. Um, I'm more than willing to guess or to, to estimate, but if you had any numbers on the population, that'd be really helpful. Um, we do have data to say that there are 50 million households in Nigeria. Okay, 50 million households. And I'm assuming, do we, do we have any data on the average number per household? Maybe three, two or three? Um you know what? We don't have that data. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead um, and just kind of walk you through my thoughts here. I'm mm. assuming that, you know, some households may have kids, some households may be single. Um, but on average, I'm going to guess it's around two to three um, individuals per household. So I'm going to go ahead and just assume that it's 2.5 people per household, uh, if you're okay with that assumption. Um, well, where would you go after that? What would you do with that information? So that would give me the total uh, like population uh, of Nigeria. If we know that there's 50 million households with 2.5 people per household, um, mm-hmm. that is 125 million people. And then from there, we can, I guess, segment it into either population and maybe assume the frequency that each demographic consumes an energy drink, or we can segment it in terms of, you know, 20% of people are your average Joe who has two sodas a week or and segment it from there. And then from there, we'll add those up together and we can get the total number of, you know, uh, energy drinks per week, month or, or year, depending on what we're, what we're aiming for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I understand, uh, you know, some of the, the ways you're thinking to segment based on age or or gender, perhaps. But let's just let's just take the household data and okay. uh, think about getting from there to market sizing. What what might be the next step just from that data that you would want to take? Yeah, maybe if we can figure out how many um, energy drinks the average household consumes in a week, month, or year. Uh, that's a I guess a fast track way to to get to our total number. Mm-hmm. So um, we we believe that the households that would consume energy drinks would consume three per month. Three per month. Okay, and and I noticed you said that the households that do consume. Do do we have any information on what percentages of households consume energy drinks? 
Mm, we project that would be 50%. 50%. Okay, so that's 25 um, million households. And you said it was three per month? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's 36 a year. Um, it was three times 12. And then from there, we can then do uh, 36 multiplied by 25, which would be... would be, and I just want to make sure I've got my zeros right here, around about um, nine. About 900 million. Uh, and I just want to run that number and just make sure it looks right. Um, yeah, so about 900 million mm -hmm. energy drinks per year um, in terms of just the households that consume them, assuming that the households that don't consume them consume zero a year. Mm -hmm. So from there, um, do we have, and I guess as, hopefully, we, do we have a, a profit margin or a, a, maybe a contribution margin on the actual um, per bottle or per can basis? Um, not a profit margin, but okay. the... Maybe a cost or, or a, 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 rail, a revenue? Yeah, the, the cost per can is $2 to the consumer. $2 for the consumer. Okay, so that's mm -hmm. uh, $1.8 uh, billion in terms of sales. Mm -hmm. which is, you know, a large number, but that, that doesn't mean anything without context. So I'm just wondering, do we have the cost to us for, for making a can or a bottle? Yeah, before we get there, still in terms of market sizing. So if, if we think, if we're projecting that the market size would be 1.8 billion annually, uh, we think that with only one small local competitor in the space right now, there's certainly not, we're, we're not going to be able to capture all of that. So okay. in terms of a short to medium term market size, um, how, what's a way that you could think of us uh, accounting for that and perhaps more accurately sizing the market? Yeah. So just to clarify, um, we don't have any information on this smaller competitor and, and how much of the market they're currently, well, I guess right now they're currently providing 100, but how much they would be. Um, so that being said, you said they're, they're much smaller, um, a bit more of a local store. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the only player in the space right now is a is a very small local player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, before I even get quantitative with that, one thing that makes me think of is um, is the loyalty, right? So if they're making these, this kind of this local um, soda and that's what everyone's consuming, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we step in with a more established brand like Coca-Cola. So I know it's, that's not what we are. I wonder if people, uh, how people would react to that and whether they would stick to their local brand or whether they would be willing to, to adopt uh, this new competitor in the market. Mm. Um, I think even, even with a, you know, a conservative estimate of, of 25%, right? If we if we said worst case, they're going to get 75%, uh, even though they're only a local store. Um, and I'm, mm. I guess you'd even have to consider as well their ability to produce and whether they could even produce 1.8 billion um, sodas a year. 
But I would think that even if we only had 25% of um, the market share, that's still $450 million um, dollars or I'm not sure which currency you're working here, but that's still mm. still pretty attractive. Um, again, depending on the costs and, and that's something I'd love to dive into in a bit. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and we will go in that direction. But I think you've got some good thoughts here around market sizing, uh, thinking about the share that Energy Pop may have versus the local competitor. Um, but, but even outside of that, you know, we've gone through this exercise, 1.8 billion per year, uh, US dollars. We'll go ahead yes. and say that okay, we're perfect. measuring in US dollars. Uh, we don't expect that the market will capture all of that interest at the beginning as energy pop moves into the market. So how might you consider accounting for that? So just in terms of how might we account for, for not having much of the market share? Um, I mean, maybe, I don't know if this would be a, a merger or acquisition case and whether we would um, consider partnering with this local store or buying them out or um, or something that that's that's one avenue maybe um, energy pop could explore um, but if not maybe just at least making sure that your your goal is aligned and that you're not going in there uh, expecting to have a given market share straight away and, and understanding that this is something that might grow over time this might be a long-term play as opposed to a, a short to medium play Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in terms of that growing over time, uh, one way we can think about it would be the penetration rate. Yes. How much of the interest are we able to capture? Um, so if we go ahead and we reflect what we've seen in Mexico, yeah. uh, let's go ahead and take a penetration rate of 20%. Okay. And is that, just to clarify, is that 20% per year or 20% entry? Uh, that That we think the size of the market would capture 20% of the total interest in that space. So Okay. 20% of total interest. So just to clarify one more time, mm-hmm. the total size of the market, 1.8 billion, we believe that 20% would be interested in our brand. That 1.8 billion, that's a that's an unrealized market. You know, the, yes, the that's, small that's local unlimited. competitor. Yeah. Yeah. The small local competitor is not addressing that that total addressable market. Yes. And so we'd only really only have access, us and all competition, to, to 20%. 20%. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 20% of uh, of the, the maximum 1.8 billion gets uh, 360 million. So that is our, our at most between us and the competitor. Um, mm. So really, we're looking at what percentage of this will we actually um, achieve or, or be able to have access to. Yeah. And, then again, and without we, knowing anything about that competitor, what's one way that you might think about uh, us using a, some sort of a proxy for what market share we might be able to achieve? Yeah, I, I really liked what you said about uh, looking at the previous example in Mexico. Maybe uh, if we have any information on how it went there when we jumped in, if we had similar competitors, we just have one local competitor um, and maybe just kind of extrapolating that to this scenario. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, in fact, we do think it's a relatively similar situation. Yeah. And our market share in Mexico is 75%. So it's 75% now. Do we know what it was when we originally came in? Yep. In terms of that early state projection, we'll still take we'll take 75%. Still take 75%. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. So that would be um, 
twenty two hundred and seventy million. Um, and that would be in terms of again US dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm I'm feeling pretty satisfied with our potential revenue. I'm wondering if we could dive into costs now to decide whether or not this might be um, an attractive um, market to jump into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great push. Um, as we consider different uh, the costs of various opportunities. Um, the client would like us, though, first to really analyze the different strategic options for market entry. Um, they are interested in exploring various market entry strategies. So I, I think I've already heard you speak to this a little bit, but what do you think some of those options are and what are some of the risks and benefits for each of those strategies? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, are you referencing um, in terms of merging versus acquisition and, and maybe some other op- opportunities? Exactly. Yeah. So um, I think a merger could be could be quite an interesting option, just because, especially if we're maybe a new product to this population and this market, having some sort of merger with their current soda brand could be really um, appealing for us, just given that it might lead to higher adoption of our brand um, quick more quickly. Um, mm. Maybe some some risks with that. We might actually be um, limiting ourselves, and that we we don't know. We could come in and we could um, really take the market by storm, and and you know put the competitor out of business straight away. And we might we might be limiting ourselves by doing a merger. Mm-hmm. Um, acquisition, I think, is another. It could be another really smart play potentially, just given that again, if this is the sole provider of the soda in this market right now being able to acquire them and then maybe either just running that business or expanding the um, capacity of that business um, to make it more suitable and and able to cater to a higher demand might be really useful. Um, Again, that might cause some social unrest and that people might not be um, as happy if this is, you know, a local, I'm not sure if it's family run, but if it's kind of a more... um, more tailored to this market as opposed to a um, a worldwide player. Yeah, it might be something that um, people aren't as happy with and, and it might um, rustle some feathers here and there. Okay. Merger, acquisition, what do you think some other options are? I mean, one option is, is just going with neither and entering the market with our own brand uh, and trying to just market our own brand uh, independently of this competitor. I think that's, again, another good option just because with that, we, we're we relying on our strength and our uh, the fact that we are well-established. We have entered many other emerging markets and I'm assuming it's gone pretty successful. Um, and so because of that, we, we have this almost um, predictability of, of how it may, how it may go. Um, and and I did I did actually see someone say another option, which would be um, maybe franchising. So having that ability to even almost right offer the opportunity for um, people to invest in this population and and have their own franchise, such as as a McDonald's, where um, they can pay an upfront cost to Energy Pop, and then they get to pretty much run that store themselves. Um, 
And that also adds to this a little bit local in the sense that it is being run by by the people who who are in Nigeria. Hmm. Okay. Merger, acquisition, build it ourselves, franchising. Anything else you can think of? Um. The only, and, I, and I'm not sure if this is what we're looking for, but maybe some sort of outsourcing. Um, in that we, and I guess this might fall under merger acquisition, really, but. Um, maybe contracting this company to produce our soda um, in, instead of their own. And that way we don't have to pay for the costs of machinery and um, and some of the other startup costs that, m- that might be incurred if we do any of the other options. And whilst they're doing that, we can then um, almost be getting more receptive feedback to our soda and People would be starting to adopt it because that'd be the only option. And then eventually, if it's if it's um, popular enough, we can then move in and 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 build our own factory. Uh, in addition, mm-hmm. what do you think some other risks and benefits would be of that opportunity specifically? Yeah, of that opportunity, um, we might risk the quality, right? If the, if we've been producing it a certain way for this time, um, having having it be outsourced to them might uh sacrifice quality it also i don't know the information i don't know if we have information on their current um machinery but they not be might they might not be able to uh produce it to, to the capacity that we we desire um which could be um an issue mm-hmm. okay yep so after considering some of these different types of opportunities uh the client's most interested in in going after a strategy Similar to what you described with outsourcing, but more okay. like a joint venture situation, like a partnership. Okay. Um, and they believe that partnering with a beverage distrib- distributor moving forward uh, is probably their best option. They have preliminary plans to share 50% of post-tax profit with this partner. But the client's only interested in pursuing this option so long as it is NPV positive. So for the purposes of conducting a valuation, what inputs would you need to determine really if Energy Pop should pursue this option? Yeah, just to just to clarify what you've said there, they're looking at partnering with a beverage distributor um, and they would each split the uh, post-tax profit. And this would be a good option as long as it's NPV uh, positive. Mm. Okay, wonderful. Um just to clarify, can you can you describe to me a beverage distributor? That's we're not talking about our current competitor. There. We're talking about someone who would almost be handling. Um, we send them the product and they distribute it to Nigeria. They distribute it to other places. Mm-hmm. It it may also include the actual creation production of that. Okay. Um, so bottling and distribution. It, it may con- continue uh, or consider both of those things. So in that sense, I think it's uh, fairly similar to what you were describing in terms of outsourcing. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, so um, with that, I would love to know what are the upfront costs, um, maybe any in costs, any costs incurred down the line, um, and also right our revenue and, and what we're making. And then with that, we can all shift it to present value and work out whether or not that's a positive or a negative to decide whether this is an attractive um, venture. Okay. So what would you like first? 
Let's go into any, you know, upfront costs at time zero. Uh, that would be really mm-hmm. interesting. So the projected investment cost is $90 million. Okay, $90 million. Uh, any other costs for, for time zero, like at the very beginning or? Nope. Okay. And then in terms of the future, are there any costs that would be incurred down the line, maybe yearly costs, um, monthly costs? Yeah, uh, our projected profit margin is 10%. Okay, 10% profit margin. And would you like me to try and calculate the revenue from the numbers that we've got in the past? Or do we have more uh, a more specific guess at what we might be, be banking? Yeah, our projected revenue annually is $270 million. Okay, so we would be getting $27 million profit. Uh, which would be the 10% of the 270 million revenue. Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. And that would be for the foreseeable future or? Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. Um, oh, and and so that would be the total profit for the drink, but we are getting 50% of the post-taxed profit. So mm-hmm. it's, is this 27 million pre or post-taxed? That's pre-tax. Okay, and do you know what the tax rate would be for this particular venture? Mm-hmm. It would be 25%. 25%. Okay, perfect. So 2.7 be about uh, 1.4 uh, would be going away for taxes. Uh, would, you be, would you be okay if we went down to 25 million to make it a little easier to calculate? Um, no, I'd like you to take it, uh, the full, full calculation there. What are you okay. calculating together in this step? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I've actually, uh, I was looking at the wrong numbers there. So the 27 million is profits, and we're going to calculate 75% of that, given that 25% we are losing to tax. Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Okay, so it looks as if we're going to get about $20.25 million, um, in terms of post-tax profit. And again, we're only going to get half that, so we're actually going to get $10.125 million post-tax, 50% of the profits. And we're going to be getting that uh, each year. And do we have a desired time frame that we're looking to calculate um, in terms of... Because obviously... If we do this for the rest of time, uh, we'll break even at some point, right? Do we have a break even uh, time time point? We don't. What's another way that you could think about it? Yeah, maybe years to break even um, would be one way that I would look at it. So I know we are paying ninety million at the start, and I'm assuming are we taking on all that cost? Are we also splitting the cost? I. In a sense, we're splitting the cost since we're splitting that post-tax profit. Sure. Okay. Um, but uh, no no break-even time frame, no time horizon to which we're calculating towards. So uh, in a long-term cash flow, you know, kind of expected maintenance cash flow basis. Um, do you have any other thoughts on how we could think about NPV? Um, yeah, I mean... Do we have any information on maybe our interest rates or our IRR? And then we can, I mean, I, I would probably, I'm just trying to think of how to, 
maybe simplify it a little bit, do something that would mm-hmm. require, um, you know, exponents. Because um, mm-hmm. the first thing I'm looking at is, is if we're paying 90 million, looking at about nine-ish years before we can start seeing uh, some true profit, uh, mm-hmm. if we're splitting the cost about four and a half, five years. Um, but you, you're asking to see a more um, NPV-oriented uh, way of approaching this. Are you familiar with terminal value? I am actually not familiar with that term, no. Okay. Um, are you familiar with weighted average cost of capital? Yes. It's been a while, but I, I am familiar with the term. <laughs> okay. Tell me what you remember about it. Um, I know it involves CAPM, or it's mm-hmm. it's related to that. Um, yeah, it's sorry. It's been a while since my last finance class. Um, okay. Okay. Um, so from, from a terminal value standpoint, one way that we could look at this would be to take post-tax profit uh-huh. and divide that by WAC, weighted average cost of capital, minus growth, perpetual ongoing projected growth. And would growth be as a percentage or? Yes. Okay. So um, 10.125 million over... Uh, do we, do we know our growth, actually? Projected to be 5%. 5%, okay, 0.05. And you, I, you'll have to excuse me. This. Would, you mind, would you remind me of the formula for, for WAC? You know what? I'll just go ahead and give you 15%. Perfect, okay. Uh, 0.15, 0. 0.1. Okay, so we have 10.125 million over... Uh, Point one, or just times it by ten. So I get up one hundred one point two five million uh, as our. As, I guess that's our NPV, right? Or a terminal value. Wait, okay. Yep, NPV. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Uh, so one hundred one point five million, give or take. Go ahead and check that math again. Oh, uh, one hundred one point point five five. Or, check that one more time. Oh, two five. I don't know. I have I have that written down. I don't I don't know why I said one hundred one point five five. But yeah, one hundred one point uh, two five million in terms of NPV. Okay. Which I would say is is very attractive, given that um, it's positive by by a, a fair share. How much is it positive by? What, um, what therefore is our NPV? Uh, one hundred one point two five million. Correct. Well, we do we do then strip out the initial costs. That's where yes. that comes in. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, okay, but so just to, just to clarify, one hundred one point two five million. That is that is the terminal value. Terminal value. Okay, perfect. That's the terminal value, and then we'll strip out the investment cost, and that will give us the NPV. Perfect. So we're looking at about eleven point two five million. Okay. What do you think about that? Uh, purely from an NPV standpoint, that's a really good number. Obviously, it's um, it's positive by several million dollars. Um, I think if it was if it was closer to zero or even negative, that we'd really want to take a second look at this. Uh, obviously, still want to to maybe go over some risks and and um, and weaknesses that might come with it. But I think an NPV of of that value is is very attractive. We'll be right back after this quick message. Preparing for a case interview? Purchase an interview prep package today. 
Over the course of four, eight, or 20 hours, you choose. Your coach will assess your gaps, build you a personalized plan, and help you see it through to execution. No matter your background, timeline, or target firms, your coach will help you get ready for any interview you face. Click the link in the show notes to see our coach's bios, availability, and to get started today. At this moment in time, Edward, what would you recommend for Energy Pop? Yeah, so just going over some of the stuff we've learned, obviously they have been pretty successful in other growth markets such as Mexico and India. Uh, we've looked at several opportunities or, or ways that we could approach this Nigerian market. Uh, it's very attractive in that it's got um, you know, a pretty high um, market size and and, and in terms of going with what we wanted to in, in terms of a beverage distributor, it looks like it's pretty promising. We've got an NPV value of about 11.25 million. Um, I think this is definitely an attractive uh, investment opportunity for Energy Pop. A few things to consider would just be um, maybe how the population reacts. Are there any competitors? Or obviously, we, we've identified one, maybe seeing how we would um, compete against them, whether they all of a sudden start upping production and advertising and 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 there's a bit of uh, maybe turmoil between uh, both Energy Pop and this competitor. But uh, all things aside, it looks like a, a pretty um, a pretty good good investment opportunity. Okay. Break. How did that feel? That was rough. I uh I haven't done many cases with all the um, all the finance terms in it. I've I've typically um, had cases, I guess, that are a little easier than that. <laughs> I mean, there are some tricky elements here for sure. I did I, I did get interest get interested when I saw your resume and I saw that you have a fi a finance concentration or so something. Actually, like yeah, I did, and I changed to information system uh, a few weeks ago because <laughs> I realized that I loved those classes more. I'm I'm still taking. Uh, a finance class next quarter, but um, yeah, it's been almost a year since my uh, since my intro to finance class where we learned about WAC, CAPM, um, NPV, all that. So it's definitely I liked the challenge there with that it um kind of brought me back to that and and tried to incorporate some of those um, equations in, into a case. Good, good. Um, so I'll, I'll make a quick claim out to everybody who's with us that. Make sure you're getting in some of your questions if you have things that you want to speak to. Um, but even when even when you're coming across it in class, right, Edward? They're they're the much uh, most often it's the it's a more complex version. And so even as you were processing through it, I'm trying to think of a way to simplify this so that I can <laughs> not use exponents. I mean that's that's the that's exactly the right way to think. That's the yeah. exactly the right way to approach it. Um, was this the smoothest case from start to finish? No. No. <laughs> but I think it was a strong case. Okay. I do. Um, and are you I, just doing that to spare my feelings or do no, you genuinely think? Fact, okay. I, I, I genuinely think it was a strong case. I thought the weakest portion was up front when you took about, you took a minute and 14 seconds of a pause and then you came into the conversation and asked about the competitors and you asked about costs and I wasn't sure, is that your structure or yes. were you going to go back into a, a, a pause? Um, I think that you recovered from that, but 
your structure was relatively non-existent because uh, yes. there were there were really only those two uh, things there. So by far, that was the that was the weakest point. Um, but from my perspective, with everything else in consideration, I would put a big. I'd put a big red flag next to, hey, let's make sure this guy's structure that he can structure. Okay. Yet, if in his other first round cases, let's say that wasn't an issue, then, you know, in conjunction with other interviewers, I would say, yeah, let's give him another shot. Oh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So let's let's talk about it. So that case took us 36 minutes. That's a good period of time Um, somewhere. I mean, it's possible to get through in 30 minutes. Absolutely. Um, Anything over 45 is just crazy. But somewhere in the 30 to 40 minute range uh, is probably good for this case. Up front, I really liked how you had you immediately started to talk to me and recap after I gave you the background information. There was no pause whatsoever. Uh, so that shows me that you know what's going on in this type of discussion and that you're just launching in and you let it be conversational off the bat, which I really appreciated. Um, you did a, a good quick recap. You asked a couple of questions. Then we went into the structure you didn't have too much to say coming out of your pause. Your pause was very short. And then you, you spoke to, you asked a, a question about competitors and then left a long enough pause that I went ahead and just answered the question. Because yes. I wasn't, again, I wasn't sure if you were going to go back into a pause or if you were going to continue on with a, a line of thinking around a structure. You went in that direction, started to talk to costs, started to talk to some sizing elements. Um, and then we went in that direction. Uh, so we went in the direction of market sizing and on the face of it, the, the core math to be done ended up not being that complex. I had household data and then we had interest, interest data, uh, kind of frequency of purchase, price point, penetration and market share. But it does, when I, when I don't just hand you that information, it takes a while to get there. However, with that being said, it took a little long to get there. It took about uh, almost 18 minutes to get through that question, which, of course, for any math section, when it's over 10, we really have to look at it and think about where could I have streamlined? Where did I go sideways? Where was this going wrong? Um, uh, I've seen I've seen this done in other cases. It's like I give you I give you household data and then you kind of wanted to go backwards. Well, yeah. how, what's the size per household? How can then I figure out population? And it's like, no, you already talked me through in a forward motion, like how <laughs> we might use data like this. Like, go ahead and just take the data and run with it. Yes. Um, and, you know, that didn't, that didn't suck up too much time, but it was like, okay, let's just use households. What if you just use that as your segmentation step? What would you do with that moving forward? So, okay. 50% of, of households might be interested at three per month, product cost of $2 per can. So we got through those things pretty quickly. And then I did, from a business acumen perspective, I wanted to push on you a little bit to see if you could get to penetration rates or see if you could get to that concept. And while we didn't get there, we didn't get there exactly, yeah. you still gave some, you still gave some good thinking. You didn't shrink in that moment. You just sat there and engaged on the problem with me. And frankly, for everybody on the call listening, I know the majority of you are MBA candidates. And so hear me when I say my 
my bar is different for Edward since he's a junior and an <laughs> undergrad versus an MBA candidate, right? But I would have expected at least this level of engagement and discussion from an MBA candidate. And I would have hoped from an MBA candidate that the getting to and thinking around wrapping your head around the, the, the concept of the marketing and sales funnel, penetration rates, um, perhaps, you know, a little bit more of some of the options around NPV or, uh, you know, terminal value, that those things might have come a little bit easier. For this one, talking about penetration rate, it's like, okay, I would have liked, it would have been a nice to have for us to get there, but that wasn't, that wasn't a deal breaker. Um, for, for an MBA candidate, uh, it'd be a little bit closer to a deal breaker. You had already at that point, you had jumped in and started to talk about the concept of market share, translating that to Mexico. Uh, I gave you, you did really well to pick up on all the contextual clues that I dropped throughout the wording and phrasing, the kind of comparison points or examples that I used. Well, let's go back and look at that again. Well, I heard you say X, Y, Z. So let's think about it in that way. And that just that, um, that type of active listening is really important. And I thought was very impressive today because that allowed you to fast track along some of these elements. Um, so you did, you solved towards that 270 million. Um, and then, uh, when you get to these calculations, I want it to be a little bit more of an immediate trigger for you to layer on insights. What does this mean? What put that in context? And you did say something like, well, I, I don't feel like I can really put this in context until I know X, Y, Z. Um, I just, I want you to try and lean into that type of thinking a little bit faster. And especially on the, the second math portion, when we ended up calculating an NPV of 11.25, it was like, you gave me just enough time for me to spit out <laughs> what do you think about that? Right. Yes. Which is like, you never, uh, you, you want me to never have to do that. Like you automatically are moving into, let me put that in context. What's the, so what, what does that mean? What's the implication? How do you know, does that change my perspective or hypothesis on the case objective, et cetera, et cetera. Um, through the math, a knit that I have for you is you calculated math equations mostly correctly. Um, and then when you got to some of these final numbers, you would say, it's about 900. It's about 20.25. Yes. It's about 11.25. It's like, no, it's exactly that. I mean, because you did the full calculation. And so when I hear that, you may not mean anything by it. But to me, it sounds like you're questioning your, your confidence. Um, and so it will come across to me as having greater executive presence and greater confidence if you can strike that from your language um, to not speak to, you know, not not question yourself, not have it sound like you're questioning yourself in that moment. Yeah. So the the main reason I was saying about them and maybe mm -hmm. this is me approaching it wrong was obviously we've estimated um, the 270 million because we, we, it's not exactly $270 million, um, right? So I think from there, it was like about this. But you're, I guess what you're saying is if, if it's a calculation on two estimates, even if it's still an estimate, if you've mm -hmm. done the full calculation, I should still say it is this instead yeah, of oh, and, it's and about you could, this. You could say our estimate is or our projection is, right? I mean, it's not... I understand what you're saying, that there's not full certainty in the robustness of the data, yet 
the way that it comes across is uh, that you would be questioning your approach or your calculations. And that's not what we want. So okay. I, I hear what Perfect. you're saying, though. Uh, two other quick comments, and then let's take a couple questions from the group. One is on the creative question. Um, we uh, let, me, oh, let me backtrack. I have three more quick comments. <laughs> no so worries. first is on the creative. Uh, you you almost in 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 practicality you almost got to joint venture. You talked through outsourcing, kind of yes. a partnership <laughs> type model. It was like, okay, I'm not going to press you any further to see if I can get you to say the words joint venture or partnership because you were getting to all of the key principles there. And I thought that you had a lot of good brainstorming along the way uh, as a part of that. One thing that you risk by not writing anything down as you go through a question like that is that, okay, in the next step, then I tell you, oh, the client does actually want to do a lot of what you described in outsourcing. You didn't, you didn't have access to easy access to some of the key thoughts that you had in that category to, let's say, perhaps bring that back into your recommendation at the very end. Yes. And so I think that that's where writing down just keywords and phrases as you're going through that answer can be really helpful. Of course, in this instance, you came up with the categories first and then you were able to populate within them. But especially in a in an occasion where you're just coming up with the ideas first, then I think it's even more important to take down those keywords and phrases as you go through. Um, second thought, when we got to terminal value, on the MBA side and the undergrad side, I would say it's a nice to have if somebody knew the calculation and could lean in. But in this case, uh, for an, a first year MBA candidate, I would say if I have to walk you through that calculation, it's not the end of the world. But yeah. I would hope that anybody responds the way that Edward did today, which is, okay, yeah, no, I do remember that. It's just not shriveling, not back, not backing down, leaning into the conversation with curiosity, being inquisitive about it, and just challenging themselves with, you know, what light ahead in that sense. Uh, and then finally, on the recommendation, I want you to be more direct. I want you to be more powerful with and and I I'm fine with how you lean, you know, you kind of worked up towards the recommendation. We looked at this, we kind of learned this, these some of the dynamics in play. So I think it's attractive. It's like, so I think energy pop should move into the Nigerian market. Okay. But you know, you may have risks and next steps. There's of course things that we still need to do to be able to figure out whether or not it's truly a good opportunity. Should I lead uh, with the um with the next, like, should I say you should do this because, 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 or should I give the reasons and then the recommendation, if that makes sense? That would be like an answer first or an answer last strategy. Either one, you're getting to the clear recommendation within the first, you know, 45 to 60 seconds. Uh, some firms like a, like a McKinsey is going to really want you to lead with the statement first. My okay. current recommendation is energy pop should move into the Nigerian market because X, Y, Z. Um Although that narrative approach to kind of lead up to the recommendation works at most other firms as well. Okay, wonderful. Any other questions that you had before I take a look here at chat? One question. Yeah, definitely this case. Um, I've done a few like this before, not many. What would be a good example of maybe a framework to use uh, in the beginning phase? Because that's normally where I struggle is those initial setups I thrive a lot. I feel like when I'm given the data and I can do stuff with it, but it's mm. those very broad, oh, you know, what should they, what should they address <laughs> that I struggle with? 
Are you familiar with Management Consultants core frameworks? Uh, I, I think I've looked over one or two. I'm not sure if I know every single one, but. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, we, we've got a handful that we would say are the core frameworks, one of which is the market study framework, which is where we need to understand not only the elements of, you know, who a client is, but the broader environment in which they sit. So market, competitor, customer, company, product slash service. That okay. would be where I would start for this. It's a market entry strategy. There are more customized market entry strategy frameworks as well. But we take the approach to start with a smaller number of core frameworks and to be able to customize within those. And so from our approach, it would be to start with that uh, that market study framework. Wonderful. Perfect. Thank you. Edward exhibited very good confidence and executive presence, staying calm throughout the conversation. He engaged well throughout the discussion, even when he was challenged or didn't know what to do next. His structure was a definite weak area, though in many ways he made up for it across other portions of the case. If he had strong structure in his other first round interviews, this today may have been a strong enough showing to get him a second chance. Remember though that Edward is an undergrad candidate. The expectations for overall performance and business acumen are different for an advanced degree or MBA candidate. I would have wanted to see any more of an experienced candidate, number one, have a much more solid structure, and two, get to the concepts of penetration rate and joint venture. Although I wouldn't be too fussed by having to walk any candidate through the terminal value calculation. That would have been a nice to have if someone would have known those concepts and been able to jump in with that. It would have been a gold star icing on the cake. If you'd like to simulate the live interview experience, consider working with one of our coaches at Management Consulted. Our coaches are all ex-McKinsey, Bain, or BCG consultants and interviewers who love working with prospective candidates to firm up your weaknesses and make your strengths shine. You can find a link in the show notes or read more about our offerings at managementconsulted.com.